You're listening to Let's Talk Macro. Brought to you by Bandhan Mutual Fund. Welcome back, everyone. Hi, you're joining me, Ahalya, on another episode of Let's Talk Macro, a podcast series on, you guessed it, macroeconomics, uh, brought to you by Bandhan Mutual Fund. And uh, through all of our episodes so far, we have been talking about global and domestic macroeconomic topics, which are relevant, um, interesting, and, you know, have a fair bit of impact on our lives, if we can tell. <laughs> Joining us, as always, is Srijit Balasubramanian, economist in the Fixed Income Fund Management Team here at Bandhan Mutual Fund. Hi, Srijit. Welcome back. How are you? I'm good, Ahalya. How are you? Good. We're due for our monthly catch-up, as I said, before we jumped into yeah. this recording. Um, and a very interesting uh, topic. You know, a lot of people talk to each other when they catch up about uh, what they've been up to, what new places mm. they've tried. But Srijit and I, we talk about inflation in India today. Because let's be real, that is exactly what is um, on top of everyone's mind. You know, there's been a recent spike in vegetable prices. We've all been hearing about tomatoes way more than we ever had before. And there's also been a higher than expected print for July. So today's topic of conversation, our catch-up is going to be all about the major drivers over the last few years, what's really been happening more recently and what the road ahead looks like. So Srijit, let's uh, start off with consumer price inflation. That's a good launch point for us, you know, to see how it's behaved in the last few years and whether it was predictive in any way, right? Um, if you could give us some color on maybe the pre-pandemic mm. and pandemic periods, that would be a good place for us to start sure so let's take a step back like you said and look at major drivers of inflation in the last few years pre-pandemic say mm-hmm. uh, for the financial year ending march 2018 2019 so that is fi18 fi19 uh headline cpi averaged around three and a half percentage year on year you know, in each of these two years during this period food inflation stayed very benign and this was quite broad-based too you know, if you look at the various food categories, that is. In fact, that was uh, also the period when prices of pulses were falling quite sharply. There were some offsetting factors like, you know, vegetables, housing, but those were not major spikes. Okay. We also had some uh, sudden rise in inflation, education and health conference in 2018, which was uh, likely related to data collection and so on and not uh, anything, you know, related to underlying demand or supply. But overall, FI18 and FI19 were years of benign inflation. This changed in FI20, the pre-pandemic year, that is, when onion prices spiked and, you know, the pulses, uh, prices recovered. Mm-hmm. Average vegetable inflation in FI20, the year just before the pandemic, was um, above 20 percentage year on year. And mobile tariffs also, if you remember, were hiked in the end of 2019. This pushed up headline inflation from around 3.5% in FI19 to just under 5% in FI20. But the good thing was actually that uh, core inflation eased. So right. this is where inflation was pre-pandemic. So FI18, FI19 was benign inflation and there's a mild pickup in just the you know, food inflation, which is essentially vegetables in FI20 uh, mm-hmm. before the pandemic. Once the pandemic hit, uh, during the initial months, we had uh, data collection issues due to lockdowns and this uh, you know, CPI data was partly imputed using whatever data was available then could mm-hmm. be collected. That is, supply issues were also there and uh, inflation therefore spiked uh, as both food and core inflation picked up. Uh, But the interesting thing was, even after the period of data imputation, when data collection stabilized, core inflation did not ease. So price levels there never corrected. So it's actually, uh, you know, dismissed the hypothesis of higher core inflation being driven by data issues. Uh, In fact, it it turned out to be quite broad-based too. So food inflation uh, also stayed high as various items like, you know, vegetable oils, pulses, spices, and even vegetables uh, picked up. Mm -hmm. Uh, In 
financially year 2022 uh, core inflation and food excluding vegetables you know both remained uh, elevated it was in fi 23 that actually you know food inflation is again high uh, but this time you know probably due to some of the other food categories mm-hmm. and uh, core inflation continued to remain high and broad based so essentially what i'm trying to say is in the 3 years from the onset of the pandemic that is the fi 21 to fi 23 years was mm-hmm. broadly about high food inflation high and broad core inflation and this is quite different from what it was pre pandemic uh now more recently like you mentioned in the opening uh during april to june this year we we started experiencing you know favorable base effects and milder momentum in core inflation which are essentially positives okay. headline inflation uh, started to ease and it averaged only 4.6% in the june quarter but that was again you know just before the huge spike in july from uh, tomato prices so that's where we are on inflation essentially in terms of uh, the trajectory in the last few years tomato prices there it is again the word the vegetable <laughs> that we've all been hearing about a lot no and it's important actually to um to acknowledge that inflation is kind of that friend that uh, refuses to leave but just presents itself in different ways right different natures of inflation that we've been experiencing as um a country so you've given us a broad picture on india's inflation in the last 5 or 6 years from before the pandemic but also coming to one of the most discussed topics and you know this matters shrijit because it is in india it is um yeah. a, a very important factor when it comes to our economy um which is the monsoon rainfall you know we are one of the only yeah. countries um to have this season right uh, it impacts our economy for sure but what does this mean in the context of inflation does is there any correlation there that we should be paying attention to so we uh, i think we've discussed about the importance of the southwest monsoon season rainfall in, yeah. in one of our previous episodes for you know agriculture particularly for rice production during mm-hmm. the current uh, crop season which is the kharif season and even right. for wheat production during the next season uh, which is the rabi season through you know soil moisture and reservoirs which are used for irrigation and those get filled up from monsoon rainfall the season So mm-hmm. this time uh, this year it's, uh, it becomes even more crucial because we had a sharp drop in wheat production last year and that only partly recovered this year and uh, we are already experiencing higher food inflation like we mentioned from vegetables and even other categories like spices pulses and so on uh, so as far as numbers are concerned in terms of rainfall uh, overall rainfall so far this season as we speak uh, is about 7% below the long period average uh, and okay. this is the imds the india meteorological department uh, forecast for a 4% shortfall for the entire season that is due mm-hmm. to september mm-hmm. but more importantly uh, uh, what one needs to note is that the distribution has been quite skewed uh both spatially and temporally that is you know uh, across regions as well as across months so for example if you see uh, northwest and central india have received much more rainfall than the southern and eastern parts of india similarly rainfall in june was weak it actually then picked up strongly in july but has been extremely right. weak again in august uh, mm-hmm. except in probably the eastern part so not an even uh, distribution there and uh, on top of this we already have weak el nino conditions you know el nino is typically associated with uh, lesser rainfall in india mm-hmm. and uh, most of the global weather forecasting agencies continue to forecast a very high probability of it to continue till early next year and you know uh, for it likely to be a strong event okay. so this is not very encouraging and uh, because it can impact not just this season's output but the following rabi season also like we just mentioned mm-hmm. so it's it, it's really important that we track some of the important data for example you know like crop sowing for example uh, during the current season sowing is picked up for rice uh, but it continues to lag for say pulses the other thing is reservoir levels 
reservoir levels particularly in the southern and eastern regions are below last year and average levels so mm-hmm. we essentially have to see how let's say weak rainfall in august now impacts the reservoir levels and even the final crop harvest uh, the other thing that we look at for example is the stock levels uh, you know the latest stock levels of the food corporation of india which seem comfortable for rice but it is only just at the buffer level norms for wheat Right. Uh, right so some of these factors need to be you know very closely tracked and similarly another aspect is the uh, global prices of certain food items um, you know we import for example like vegetable oils right. these have started to move up again a bit yeah so because we imported the price really matters there and mm. uh, let's say any geopolitical impact for example can you know could push it up further so there are these various risks on the horizon but the good thing is the, the government has been really nimble uh, on various supply side measures uh, whether okay. it is related to procurement uh, uh, open market sales international trade uh, you know and other forms of price rise mitigation so that's a positive side of it okay all right that's a very comprehensive overview actually of how the monsoon season rainfall you know will impact our inflation scene and the risks and also how the government is you know trying to mitigate any of these potential impacts on prices um but this spike in the prices of vegetables particularly tomatoes yeah. that we recently witnessed uh shijit i think that is the burning question how is that really evolving <laughs> and also the july cpi print which was well above market expectations um Mm. you know was that all about tomatoes or is there more to it yeah so first thing is uh, perishables like vegetables and fruits are seasonal and they have multiple crop cycles during a year right but they uh, also have a much shorter life unlike say cereals or pulses which can mm-hmm. be stored so storage infrastructure becomes really crucial for vegetables mm-hmm. and perishables in general mm-hmm. uh, and supply side issues can cause you know short term spike in prices uh, but the good thing is they also then come off quite heavily when you know uh, with when fresh crop arrivals uh, reach the market and to some extent with government measures and we've seen this before uh, in, in previous years you know previously for example like i just mentioned we've seen you know i think uh, with onions in 2019 and this time with tomatoes so in july as per the official cpi data tomato prices went up by 214% month on month which is over june uh, and that that's a very strong spike but this was not the only upside surprise if you look at the data carefully some yeah. of the other vegetables and fruits picked up and spices which has already been uh, quite strong in terms of uh, price data moved up even further uh, even within fuel electricity prices continue to pick up for the third month and uh, there was a jump in momentum in education uh, and that continued to stay a bit high so the, there are these pockets of price pressures which were there in july print apart from just tomatoes you know, right. and and these were within food and otherwise the other thing is global commodity prices uh, you know they have been moving up a little bit and uh, this could start reflecting in wpi first uh, you know apart from the food prices which are starting to show in wpi already uh, but that's it the good part is that core cpi was broadly in line with expectation when i say core it is the headline excluding food and beverages fuel and light and uh, the other thing is that tomato prices are coming off quite sharply as we speak so in the last one week to 10 days it's come off quite well so that okay. should help yeah and food price momentum should moderate from uh, you know august but the headline numbers would still likely stay elevated in the short term particularly mm-hmm. you know for the current quarter that is the september quarter okay so maybe let's just focus on you know the core cpi that's been coming off you said um how is that looking and could you also talk a little bit about the factors that will impact this um in maybe the coming quarter or so 
Yeah. So one, like I said, uh, there are some base effects from higher readings last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we had higher readings last year. Therefore, that helps in, in a slightly lower readings this year when you look at the year-on-year numbers. Two, if we look at the seasonally adjusted momentum, that is a month-on-month change in core inflation. This has started to ease. Not a lot, but you know, it has actually started to moderate mildly in the last. Five or six months. Right. Three, uh, the various CPI components. If you look at it, excluding you know food and fuel, you know petrol, diesel, and gold, which actually makes up core inflation, like um, clothing and footwear, for example, housing to some extent. Now, mm-hmm. housing data, there could be some divergence here with with respect to the ground level data. Nevertheless, uh, even that, and even household goods and services, health, and so on. You know, some of these categories have witnessed some easing in momentum. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But overall, it's a decently broad start to core inflation momentum inching down, I would say. And uh, India's core inflation in recent years have been driven more by goods than services. Now, this is you know, one reason that uh, analysts attribute is because rural core inflation has averaged well above urban core inflation, which sort of suggests you know, rural demand is possibly higher. And mm-hmm. typically, rural demand is more towards goods than services. And, you know. Therefore, you see that India's core inflation in recent years have been driven more by goods and services. The other factor is also that in India, you know, we don't have a major surplus household savings from right. pandemic-related stimulus like in the US, right? But anyways, uh, the momentum that we have been seeing in goods, the higher momentum there compared to services, is finally coming off gradually and services continue to be mostly soft. Finally, the growth environment. The, specifically the external environment and its impact on the domestic economy. Mm-hmm. Global growth is slowing and uh, set to slow further, although it's not happening at the pace one would have expected, especially in the US. But Europe is slowing and China particularly has been weak with its property sector not recurring, economic reopening faltering. Yeah. Most of the recent data reinforcing this and, and there's been no meaningful policy stimulus coming through yet. I think we discussed this elaborately and again in one of our previous episodes. Yes. But all these points are essentially supportive of a continuation of gra- gradual moderation in core inflation. Okay, cool. So I guess uh, there is a silver lining as always. Yeah, I, I think finally my question for you, Shrijit, is, um, you know, as we always do for the benefit of our listeners, could you leave us with three key takeaways from today's discussion on India's inflation? I think that will be reassuring for them to sure. hear about. Yeah. So uh, one the trajectory of India's inflation in the medium term. So until almost a year before the onset of the pandemic, we had fairly benign food inflation and this was quite broad-based. In FI20, this picked up a bit, but this was concentrated in vegetables as onion prices spiked and, you know, like we discussed, pulses, price growth turned positive after two years. Mm-hmm. But the good thing there was core inflation moderated to around 4%. But once the pandemic hit, the next three years have broadly been about high food and core inflation. And this has uh, been quite broad-based, which is you know, sort of different from the immediate years pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. To the current situation in risk to food inflation, so tomato prices packed in July, but so did prices of some other food items, which increased a little bit, and even a few non-food items like electricity. And uh, like we discussed again, global commodity prices have also increased. There are also risks for our, uh, from monsoon rainfall, which is weakened in August, mm-hmm. and uh, and an El Nino event for the current and following crops sowing seasons essentially uh, for the rice and wheat output right. the government is taking various supply set measures to mitigate any impact on prices and uh, even sowing data has improved but mm-hmm. one needs to be really on top of this you know for the next few months to assess the final impact there 
three, the good things that we discussed is tomato prices are falling sharply this month, which yes. is good for consumers. Yeah. Uh, and the other part, like I just said, is core inflation, which has started to moderate recently. And for the reasons we uh, discussed again, both domestic and global, uh, it could continue to you know gradually moderate further. Well, I have to say, Srijit, it's not you, it's not me, and it's not India's inflation, but tomatoes that take the spotlight from today's podcast and <laughs> maybe the past month or so. Um, thank you so much for all of these valuable insights. You know, the path of inflation, it seems, after the onset of the pandemic has definitely been different. Um, and as of now, there are reasons to be cautious for all of us, uh, particularly in the area of food inflation, given all of the risks that you mentioned. But at the same time, there are also certain positives inflation has finally started to moderate um, even though it's mild uh, that's still you know a hopeful sign in the last few months and uh, this could continue gradually so let's keep our fingers crossed and hope uh, that our predictions are right thank you Shijit for giving us a snapshot of the situation on ground as always thank you Uh, it's been great chatting with you Thank you. That's it uh, from both of us today, folks. We will be back with another episode of Let's Talk Macro for uh, another catch up on the area of macroeconomics. Uh, Thank you for tuning in. Catch you on the next one. Mutual fund investments are subject to market risks. Read all scheme related documents carefully.